From the beautiful city of West Hollywood, we bring you Film Forward, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Film Forward. We are joined today by Sebastian Paquet, director of the documentary Mind Over Matter, and Brandon Mendenhall, who is the subject of the documentary and the guitarist for the band The Mendenhall Experiment. Hey, how you doing? Bonjour. Thanks for joining us, guys. This film has been making its way through the festival circuit, seeing the world winning awards, including the Audience Award at the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival last year in 2018. Can you guys tell the audience what the film's about? So this feature documentary film is about the life of my good friend here, Brandon Mendenhall. He was born with cerebral palsy, and uh, that affects his entire left side. His speech, his eye, his foot, and his hand. The film is, is basically my life story and how I overcame uh, my disability of cerebral palsy by using the guitar and the power of music to completely re- rehabilitate my hand and consequently my life. So one of the things I love about filmmaking and, you know, one of the things I love about art is some of the friendships you can create, some of the bonds you can create. Talk to us about how Sebastian, you, uh, a young man from France, uh, became friends and creative partners with you, Brandon, a metalhead from, uh, from Illinois. So I was born in a small town in France. I moved to Los Angeles, California about 15 years ago. And within the first week of landing here, I met Brandon at a concert, a corn show, one of my favorite bands that I idolized when I was growing up in my uh, mother's apartment uh, (laughs) uh, back in France. And so, um, you know, I moved to L.A. with a big dream. I wanted to work for that band. I wanted to, uh, you know, travel the world with a band like Korn and then establish myself as a filmmaker uh, further down the line. Um, and that's at that show that I met Brendan. He grew up in a small town on the other side of the country, small town Illinois, and he had a big dream of becoming a musician and tour the world himself as a musician on stage. And, you know, we had many, many, many things in common and that jumped at me right away. We became friends right away. And 10 years deep into our friendship, we decided to get to work and to... And to document the whole process uh, within the film uh, you have here, uh, Mind Over Matter. Uh, Sebastian just kind of hit me up out of the blue and said, I saw this thing and I'm feeling inspired. And I think that you would be a good candidate to make a a documentary film. Originally, it was supposed to be a short film. And then after our eight-hour-long pre-production meeting, (laughs) we realized we had enough material for a full-night film. Right. I had been directing and shooting music videos for many rock bands and you know, following bands on tour and stuff, but I really wanted to zero in on my storytelling and I was trying to find the perfect story to do so. Yeah. And I was like, wait, it's been right in front of me, under my nose this whole time. One of my best friends has the most inspiring, most incredible 
um, you know, life story. This should be the subject matter of my first film. It cannot be anything else but that. Right. And now that we are done with the film, I'm really scared of even thinking of what my follow-up film is going to be because <laughs> how, how can you top that? Right. If you watch this film, you will understand how powerful it is. I Maybe I will retire after this first film. <laughs> I, I, I guess I have to. Mind of Umaru Part 2. Yeah, there we go. The Reckoning. <laughs> the Reckoning. Uh, but, th- I mean, that's incredible that, like, you know, basically music brought you guys together. Your 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 love of corn and your love of uh, metal. Yeah, uh, yeah, don't let Sebastian fool you. He's a bit of a metalhead himself. No, yeah, I can tell. I can tell. It's It's... Me and my best friend became best friends when we noticed one day we were wearing the same Led Zeppelin shirt. And before that, I hated the guy. And then when I saw him wearing a Led Zeppelin shirt, I was like, Zeppelin? He's like, Zeppelin. I was like, all right, cool. I guess we're best friends now. That's exactly how I met one of my best friends, uh, who's also in the film, my friend Michael Smalley. You know, earlier we were talking about how music brought us together, Brandon and I. Mm. And this is uh, one of the many storylines of this film is how powerful uh, music is and how music can save lives and how music, even though it's not something really tangible that you can touch, it has uh, un- unlimited magical powers. Absolutely. And, and in the film, I actually say that. And, I, you know, I say a lot of people think music is an intangible thing that you can't touch it, you can't hold it. And I said, you know, the way that you touch music is you play it. And I'm... I'm a firm believer in encouraging anyone to go out there and pick up an instrument and play it, if it not be for a career choice, but for a therapeutic outlet. I think it's beneficial to anybody. Because music does, it, it is like, it's a, a healing power. And mm-hmm. it is that unexplainable force on earth that can heal you and it brings people together over a common threat. And, and Brendan here is the exact testament of that, you know. Before he picked up an instrument, before he picked up the guitar, his hand was paralyzed, he had zero mobility in his fingers, and through teaching himself how to play the guitar for years and years, he managed to develop uh, mobility in, in his fingers. Yeah, it's like I, I only wanted to... I wanted to be on stage, and I wanted to be a rock star, and I wanted to do that and get all the accolades and get the attention and, and make the records and have the plaques and all that kind of stuff. So in order to do that, I had to be really good at playing the instrument, and I just forced myself to make my hand work in ways that sounded cool. And I think, you know, like so many people um, when we're young have that dream, uh, specifically to be a rock star. Like, that's not an uncommon dream. But your persistence um, and you've just been relentless in uh, following your dream despite uh, the obstacles of having cerebral palsy, you know, teaching yourself how to move your left hand, teaching yourself how to play guitar. Do you have any advice for people who, you know, are trying to go after this dream, whether it's this dream or another dream? Because I think you're a prime example of, like, you can do it if you want to do it. Exactly. And that's what I tell people all the time. It's like, you have a dream, you have something that you want to accomplish in life, then then do it. Nobody's stopping you except yourself. And, and you can do it, but you've got to be willing to put in the work because 
nobody's gonna handle perfection to you. Right. And in doing that, you know, if you really want to be good at it, you you have to be relentless, and you have to go in a thousand percent because. You know, nobody respects you if you're half-assed. Absolutely. So, Sebastian, you talked about that moment where you realized stories in front of me. My good friend Brandon has an incredible story, an inspiring story. Once you guys decided to dive in and make this documentary, at what point were you at, Brandon, in your career? The interesting thing about documentaries is not knowing you know, the outcome, <laughs> you know, when you're making it. So at what point did you realize, cool, I have enough for this movie. N- now we can stop. How long did this whole process take? I think we started in early 2014. Right. And Brandon had just pretty much... parted ways with a, an existing lineup. <laughs> I think we just come off of... Uh, Aftershock 2013. Okay. And we struggled into 14. And I think at the time I got the phone call about the movie, I think we were parting ways with that lineup and assembling what we refer to in the movie as the golden lineup. You're right, yeah. Um, Which was the perfect time for me to come in and for the cameras to start rolling because it was him rebuilding his band yet again and to try to, you know, keep that lineup going and see where that version of the band would take him. And it was meant to be. We've seen many, many signs along this five-year-long journey. And the reason why, I mean, it was probably meant to be for the cameras to start rolling at that point, because obviously he refers to that lineup as the golden lineup, because it took him, you know, all the way to opening up the main stage at Aftershock 2016, opening up for Korn, Avenged Sevenfold, Slayer, and and so forth, just to name a few yeah. <laughs> that weekend on, on that stage. Um, so, yeah, you know, I decided to start rolling then, and Aftershock 2016 was actually the very last day of the production. And, wow. And it was funny. It was like, as far as a stopping point, you know, we filmed and we filmed and we filmed, and it was like... We got to a point where I, I think we both looked at each other and he was like, we have to wrap this up. <laughs> we, have, we have to be done. We can just keep filming and filming and filming. Yeah. But your we your have, life will never stop being interesting, we, Brandon. We have to put an end cap on it somewhere. This movie has to move to the next stage to come out. Yeah. But we were looking for the absolute perfect uh, full circle ending and we kind of have three in the film. I'm only going to talk about two here because I don't want to give everything away. Yeah. Uh, but uh, at one point, he manages to go back, to, well, to go in a recording studio and rewrite one of his demos with James Monkey Schaefer, the guitarist for Korn, or one of the two guitarists, should I say, from Korn. And then he opens up with his band for Korn at Aftershock 2016. So those two full circle moments were so powerful that it was, you know, really key for uh, for the film. There's a third one, but you'll have to uh, watch it for yourself. Surprise, surprise. I mean, and how cool is that for 
for you, Brandon, I mean, you grew up loving corn. That was your inspiration. It got you through some dark times uh, to be able to open for them. But also, Sebastian, for you, were you guys able to take a moment and just appreciate how badass this situation was? I remember that session very vividly, and I remember you being very, very ill that that entire session. I think <laughs> you were in the back drinking orange juice in between takes because you were so so sick. Right. Um, so I don't know if you personally got a chance to enjoy it as much as you you wanted to. I don't even remember not feeling well that day. That's how impactful that day was and how overwhelmed I was in my heart to see you guys jam together. Yeah. So no matter what was going on in my sinuses or anywhere else in my body, my heart was, you know, bumping at 20,000 miles an hour because I was just so happy for you guys and for you especially. It was that day, like we said in the film, it was a complete success, but everything leading up to that day was an anxiety train wreck. I, I was terrified. I was like... And I remember Sebastian and I having the conversation of, like, kind of a ground zero conversation of, like, well, if we go in the studio and it really doesn't work out, it's okay because maybe you're just not there yet. Right. Nobody wants to have that conversation, <laughs> but, right. you, you know, it, it, it really was like going in and playing with your superhero, and it's like, am I going to be good enough to match this guy's 20 years of experience? It was a real test, you know. Are you a hack, or are you really a skilled talented professional musician that can actually write a tune side by side with that guy who has sold 37 million records in his career. And guess what? Who took the reins during that session? The guy who's sitting next to me right now. Just three metalheads here talking about fulfilling dreams and full hearts. We'll be right back with Film Forward as we continue to talk about Mind Over Matter. This is Film Forward News, news for all you cinephiles out there. The Sundance Film Festival is happening this week, and we're looking forward to seeing what great filmmakers and films come out of this year's festival. If you're at Sundance, let us know what you're liking, loving, or hating. Drop us a line at the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival Facebook or Instagram page. Our friends Samantha Jane and Arturo Perez are premiering their piece, Quarter Life Poetry, at Sundance this year. To hear about their project, check out our previous episode of Film Forward. All right, welcome back to Film Forward. We're talking with Sebastian and Brandon about their documentary, Mind Over Matter. The documentary has just received distribution. It's been a long time coming. You guys have been on tour with this film for a while. You guys went to Russia, right, to screen this film? Moscow, yeah. Moscow. You know, looking back on this whole process, pre-production, production, production, touring with the film, now having distribution, it's almost, (laughs) almost put to bed, finally. What would you say is... For each of you, your fondest memories, looking back on, on the process. I mean, the whole thing has been a blast for me uh, to go all over the country and support my film and then, you know, end it by going to Russia. You know, never been out of the country before, so to go to Moscow and see all the sites over there and then to actually get to 
perform at the festival's closing ceremony and win the award for best documentary character like we did and then we did a uh, an FM radio interview, an hour-long thing with Radio Maximum cool. over uh, in Moscow. It's like the, the Moscow equivalent to K-Rock. Right. So that was really huge. That was actually the first time the band had got some love on FM radio. So that was really big for us. But Moscow was awesome. And then, of course, New York. Right? Yeah. Manhattan, we spent a week in Manhattan. I got engaged in Congrats. Central Park. So. How romantic. It was. It was a very romantic week. You're the most romantic metalhead I've met. <laughs> if you could see my face. <laughs> so the film has now gotten distribution through Sumerian. So now looking forward, what do you guys have coming down the line? Brandon, uh, what's going on with the Mendenhall experiment? Any stuff you guys got coming up? We're, uh, we're currently working on new material for a follow-up release. Excellent. Um, hopefully we're going to nail down a video. Uh, a new music video for one of the, the songs, hopefully uh, for Prosthetic, the song featuring Monkey. Um, Hell yeah. And then um, a whole lot more touring for the band. I think touring and, and getting out and promoting the record and the movie is still the focus. You know, we just right. finished up two back-to-back national tours, one September through October with Flaw and Smile Empty Soul, and then another one uh, November through December with Co-op, which is Alice Cooper's kid, Dash, his band, and Smile Empty Soul headlined that run as well. So, looking to hit 2019 hard and, and come off the heels of the movie release and see where life takes us. It's been a very long five-year journey for this film, and we are beyond excited to finally uh, be releasing it on January 25th uh, through Sumerian Films, which is the film division of the uh, groundbreaking independent label Sumerian Records, asking Alexandria, Body Count, Jonathan Davis, Crosses, you name it. They have many, many great acts. So for us to link up with... Ash and his um, record label and, and the film division of his company is a great honor. It just makes sense to keep it in the family and to keep it within the rock community and then to... To be affiliated with Sumerian Records and uh, to be kept in the family with guys like Jonathan Davis and Crosses and, you know, bands that we've looked up to and worked with and admired. Uh, it's it's beyond a dream for me to, to be affiliated with the team over there and the company. So our hope is that this whole thing comes out and spread like wildfire to everybody because this isn't just a music and a rock documentary. This is a movie that has something in it for anybody. You know, whether you're into music or art, if you want to do anything in life, it's possible. You just got to work for it. Absolutely. It's the perfect home 
And the perfect bookend, I think, to your guys' piece and to this story, which obviously is still continuing. When we screened the documentary at uh, our festival last year, it was a packed house. There was a lot of metalheads there, but there was also, you know, a lot of people who actually knew nothing about the documentary, knew nothing about you, Brandon, and uh, it really, really moved them. The Q&A session was great. You know, we just want to send our congratulations and, you know, happy that the film has gotten distribution and a home that's going to show it the love and respect it deserves. Thank you. It was a huge honor for us to screen uh, at your amazing festival here in town in beautiful Los Angeles, California. You know, a city that is very, very dear to my heart and that is obviously to Brendan's as well. He moved here for a reason. It's the entertainment capital of the world. So to be handpicked by you and your team to screen over there and to get asked to come here today and do the podcast with you, uh, that means a lot. So thank you so much. So guys, we're going to take another break. And when we come back, Brandon, and Sebastian are going to give me three. Submissions are now open for the 2019 Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival. Submit today through Film Freeway or at LADFF.com. You really want to submit to this film festival. I had mine in it this year and I loved every minute. All right, welcome back to Film Forward. Uh, now we go into my favorite segment, Give Me Three, where our guests give us three recommendations uh, that you, the audience, may not have heard of, I may not have heard of, some obscure stuff. So, Brandon, we'll start with you. Give me one. So the first one I have for you guys is the 80s movie that's all centered around BMX. It's called Rad. R-A-D. R-A-D, Rad. Yeah. I've never I've never heard of this, but what's it what's it about? The general synopsis of the movie is it's about uh, a kid in high school that uh, has a chance to compete in the world's largest BMX festival, but he's kind of like the underdog in in the entire story. Right. So it, you know you root for him throughout the whole movie to kind of conquer this thing and. Uh, He's met with a lot of challenges uh, along the way, and he meets this girl, and there's a whole love story kind of tied into it, but it's it's a really rag film, (laughs) and uh, and, as a kid, it really inspired me. Like I was really into BMX when I was a kid, and all I wanted to do was race and jump stuff and do crazy stuff, so... um, I literally watch that VHS like every day after school. Rad. Sounds like a great underdog story. Probably make a great double bill with Mind Over Matter, actually, which you guys should do at home. (laughs) Rent Rad, rent Mind Over Matter, make your own little double feature at home. Popcorn and chocolate. Yeah. Sebastian, go for it, sir. My pick, well, I'm going to keep it... French style. Oh. My pick would be La Haine, which means hanger. Okay. It is a classic film from the 90s. It is a very uh, social film about the life in the ghetto, Mm quote-unquote, in uh, France. The director for it is Mathieu Kassovitz, who is my favorite uh, director. You may know him as an actor in Amélie Poulain, the beautiful uh, film um, that he stars in, but that one is the exact opposite. It's about, uh, you know, the conflict between the police and um, the teenage youth in the underprivileged uh, parts of 
the outskirts of Paris. And it is my favorite film of all time. It won at Cannes in the 90s, and I remember vividly watching the closing ceremony when they won the prize. And that is the day that I decided that one day I would become a filmmaker. It wow. is still my favorite film of all time to this day. Wow. Very special. We're talking special stuff here today, guys, on Film Forward. We're making dreams come true. Uh, Brandon, give us another one, sir. So the third and final one I'm going to leave you guys with is a film from the 80s called Iron Eagle. Iron Eagle. And it stars uh, Louis Gossett Jr. Um, amongst other unknown actors. I don't remember the other cast, but it's basically about a kid who's ending his high school career and really wants to be a part of the United States Air Force. He's um, a, a pretty much a hotshot pilot himself, and he, he keeps trying to get into the Air Force. But what happens is his dad gets shot down in a foreign country. Oh, wow. And they convict him of treason uh, against the state, and they were going to execute him. So him and his friends on the Air Force Base conduct this whole scheme to kind of fly over there and rescue his father. (laughs) And I won't spoil the movie, but I, I definitely recommend watching it. It was a film that... I used to watch with my dad um, when I was younger. Yeah. So it, it's just really close to my heart. And uh, I don't think I can watch that movie now without getting teary-eyed. Yeah. I watched it with my fiance, and she was like, you're ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a feel-good story, and it's um, what I thought was a really good movie. Maybe it's because I watched it when I was like six for the first time. But, you know, Ooh. I recommend it. Go see it. It's 80s, so it has that element of cheese to it. Oh, yeah. I actually, we don't normally do this, but I have one for you guys. And stop me if you've heard of it or seen it. Um, It's a movie that actually came out last year. It's called Heavy Trip. And it is a, you've seen it? It's a Norwegian film, right? Um, And it is, for metalheads, it is absolutely hilarious. It's about a metal band who's been rehearsing for 12 years, never done a show, never recorded any uh, original music, and um, they get this opportunity to play a big tour and they have to, like, make the jump. But it is, for for metalheads, it is brilliant. (laughs) I went to see it. I went to the the LA premiere. I absolutely loved it. (laughs) And I don't know if we touched on this during this particular interview because we've been doing a lot of press this week for the release of our film. But Brandon and I talk in pretty much every interview about how we see a lot of signs along the way and coincidences, quote unquote, yeah. that remind us that we're on the right path and we are really here for a reason on Earth in general, mm-hmm. but working together on this project specifically. And so it's quite crazy that you just mentioned this because <laughs> I went to the LA premiere of this film at a beautiful historic theater in Los Angeles and we are actually going to do our private industry only Los Angeles red carpet premiere in that very same theater 
in just 10 days from now. Oh my so goodness. it yeah. just reminds us yet, yet again that we are here for a reason and we were supposed to be on this podcast and you were supposed to bring up this film. Uh, it really hits home. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thanks for being on the on the show. Check out Heavy Trip, but more importantly, check out Mind Over Matter. It is coming out January 25th. It will be available on iTunes and Amazon. I strongly, strongly suggest you watch it. Sebastian, Brandon, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks. Merci. Our recording engineer and mixer is Anselm Kennedy. The podcast is produced by Anselm, Sonia Maru, and yours truly. Thanks for joining us on Film Forward, and you'll hear us next time. <laughs>